0: Happy, happy holidays! holidays. <laughs> happy holidays from Newman and Asher.
1: <laughs> happy holidays. This is Joelle, and I'm Laura, and
2: we're wishing you happy holidays from the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. This is Lee,
0: and Max from the Coffee Studio, and we just want to wish you
1: happy holidays. Ha-
0: happy holidays.
1: <laughs> That's great. Happy holidays, answers Phil. <laughs> Happy Holidays from Foresighted.
2: What can we find at Foresighted?
1: Uh, everything you need. Ornaments, decoration. We can frame all your Christmas holiday memories.
0: Yeah. Hello, this is Raphael from Transistor. Come shop with us this holiday for the season. Thank you very much.
1: Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast.
2: I'm Laura. And I'm Joel. Joelle.
1: Today we are joined by Amanda Norcross, co-owner and shopkeeper of Norcross and Scott, located at 1476 West Berwyn. Inside the shop you'll find an array of home goods, furniture, and art, including wire baskets from Ben Goods and slip-cast porcelain objects by local artist and resident Laura Novi. Norcross and Scott also specializes in full-service residential interior design, striving to create spaces which are well-edited, thoughtfully designed, beautiful and functional.
2: Welcome, Amanda. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks. So Amanda, we tried something a little bit different a few episodes back and we wanted to test it out with you as well. We are going to do a lightning round of questions that we tried um, several
1: weeks ago. Um, So we just wanted to do this. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Okay. So we have a mix of a couple fun ones and then some more design oriented ones. So herringbone or chevron?
0: Ooh, Chevron.
1: Houndstooth or Tweed? Tweed. Beyonce or Rihanna? Rihanna. (laughs) (laughs) Dining table, round or rectangle? Round. Lager or IPA? Ooh, IPA for sure. Favorite wood, walnut or oak? Oak. Most important room to design, bathroom or kitchen? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, Bathroom? Bold patterns or minimalist design? Minimalist. Okay, you have a brand new house, little money. Do you put something on the floor or something on the walls? Walls. Rachel or Monica?
0: Oh, Monica. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. And
1: this one comes from David Oakes of our office. <laughs> East Coast or West Coast coastal living? West Coast. There we go. That's what he figured. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, great.
2: Well, thank you. That's always kind of a fun way to warm up into these more formal questions. Yeah. Um, but we always like to start out. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, Amanda? Where did you grow up? Where are you from? And what led you here today?
0: Sure. Uh, I am originally from Northern Michigan, a small town called Petoskey that it's on, uh, sits on Little Traverse Bay. It's very pretty. Um, I went to school out west in Colorado, and then ended up in Chicago in 1998, where I went to grad school at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, and got my master's in architectural preservation, and I've been here ever since, so about 20 years
2: Petoskey is very cute. We just went through there this summer on our way up to the UP, Did you really? Mm -hmm. Did you stay
0: in Petoskey?
2: No, we stayed in um, Traverse City and then in Sutton's Bay for a night and then up to to Tequanaman Falls. Oh, awesome. Sutton's Bay is beautiful. It is, but Petoskey looked awesome and I'm like, hey, this is where the stones name comes from. But we didn't find any. I think they're kind of
1: scarce now for some reason. So anyway, Petoskey stones. You opened Norcross & Scott in 2015. What do you remember
0: from your first day or week open in Andersonville? Oh my gosh, that was such kind of a blur, to be honest. But it was, we opened in, I want to say March, and it was a 70 degree day. I mean, I remember it so distinctly. Um, Lots of friends and family showed up with bottles of Prosecco and champagne and bags of Cheetos and their wallets open, ready to shop. It was really such a fun, uh, warm, warm in weather and in sort of support kind of day. It was wonderful. And
2: what do you love about owning the business here in Andersonville?
0: Um, that's a good question. I think owning Uh, And people have asked, actually, do you think you'll stay in Andersonville? Would you go anywhere else? And I think absolutely not, because this community, to me, from a residential and business perspective, is uh, different from any other neighborhood in Chicago. It's united in an unusual fashion that sometimes is a bit hard to articulate, but... um, I do feel, and Scott, my partner, also feels that the other business owners and entrepreneurs in Andersonville approach their businesses with a level of passion and care and enthusiasm that just resonates uh, for us and makes us proud to be one member of it, one member of a larger group of people doing some really interesting things.
1: Can you tell us a little bit more about the products you offer?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our shop is sort of the space where we, it is a retail space, but it also serves as a space to meet with design clients. So we try to fill the space with furniture and art and lighting, that certainly reflects our aesthetic, but uh, hopefully presents something new and unusual from a a visual perspective. Uh, Something that might get um, a retail customer or a new client interested or sparks something that kind of moves them forward towards a a larger goal or a larger project so the pieces that we have not all of them are you know super precious or handmade but we do try to make sure that what we carry in the store has um A level of interest or singularity to it uh, that you can't access elsewhere in Chicago. And do you have
1: any new products that are coming out for the holidays? You know,
0: ceramics over the past couple of years have been pretty huge. So we actually uh, placed an order with a woman in Minneapolis, St. Paul area, who makes these beautiful textured vessels which are larger in scale um, and her collection should be arriving early to mid-November so we're very excited about that.
2: And we know that a large part of your business is also the interior design consulting. Um, How does that process work? Can you walk us through what you would do with a
0: first-time client? Sure. So our clients really range in, or the projects that our clients have undertaken kind of range and scale. Um, but a typical, a typical process would start with Scott and I meeting with a client in their space to discuss what they're looking to achieve. Is it um, actual physical renovation? Are they moving walls? Are they creating an entirely new space are they creating an addition is there construction involved um or uh, is it simply throwing all the furniture up in the air and switching it to different rooms and making it feel new again with existing pieces so that first meeting is usually an hour or two Um, if renovation is part of the goal we sit down with our draftswoman and create uh, a plan, a physical plan. Uh, and that sort of serves as the launching point to uh, everything else, whether it be actual construction or furniture and lighting purchases, um, window treatments, upholstery. It's really, it's the needs of our clients really have a, have a wide range.
2: And do you have a favorite project that you can recall from 2018 thus far that you want to tell
0: us about? For sure. We we were lucky to um, have uh, a couple, uh, an older couple, who live in the Museum Park campus area uh, south of the city. Um, they have a beautiful apartment that overlooks Uh, the lake and the field museum, a three bedroom, and they completely redid the kitchen and we've, we've designed and purchased um, all new furniture and lighting and textiles and paper. And, and it's pretty much been a complete project. And what made it special or wonderful was really the client. They, um, they were very trusting and let us, take the reins, um, visually and kind of make a lot of decisions, uh, that they thankfully are really, really over the moon happy about, but allowed us a level of freedom and creativity that was just so
1: enjoyable.
2: Well, we can't wait to see photos of that for the podcast notes. You'll have to send some to us. Happy to.
1: So Amanda, can you share with us something you've learned about running a business that you didn't know when you first started?
0: I think that I knew that opening a business would be challenging. Um, I think one thing that I've learned is to stick with it, (laughs) to stick with whatever it is. I mean, whatever it might be, but to uh, stay true to your um, standards, to stay true to your goals and to get up early in the morning and do it all over again the next day. Um, I think that the repetition and the long days pay off. And there are days that um, are challenging or not easy, but the next day a corner is turned and it's a a different picture. So I think just uh, knowing that there are ups and downs and that things do change. And if it looks dim today, it's going to be bright next week. And so just sticking with it and applying sort of the level of, um, uh, gosh, I can't think of the word, but sort of the the work ethic. Uh, that's just important. I think it pays off in the long term. That's the second time I think someone on
2: this podcast has told us that waking up early is key to success. So maybe we will all take that note.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's my that's how my my brain after about 8 p.m. does not function. So I am the the 5:30 a.m. person.
2: <laughs> so Amanda, you once said in an article that Chicagoans relate to strong lines of the city's
0: architecture. What does that mean and how did that influence your shop? That's funny and perhaps it was more my background and my um, my education was architecture and my undergrad was actually art history. So art history and architecture has been a big part of my life and education. So maybe maybe I react to that maybe more than the city, but I do think you mentioned earlier in the introduction, bend goods out of California. They make some very interesting sculptural furniture and, um, trophy heads and other items. And those were our best sellers when we first opened. Um, so I do think, uh, cleaner lines is, you know, sort of generally speaking from a, you know, aesthetic standpoint is a pretty strong, uh, is pretty strong in Chicago.
1: Amanda, who inspires you? Are there any artists, musicians, or fellow designers you have followed over the years who have shaped the way you approach your craft?
0: For sure. It's interesting, you know, as we, as we grow as a business, as we grow as a design business and as we Uh, decide what we keep or what sort of pieces we bring into the store. I'm constantly drawn to these uh, product designers who are doing uh, work on a really small scale and creating um, very uh, interesting special pieces which have been made by hand which with the intention, I think, of lasting lifetimes and, and being what, you know, our parents hoped we'd be interested in the furniture that their parents gave them and were really not. But I mean, there are some beautiful pieces that are handed down through the generations. And there are some lighting designers and furniture designers today in the United States and in Europe who are creating just incredibly crafted pieces that will be passed on, uh, through the generation. So to, to kind of give you names, there's a a lighting designer and company in New York called Allied Maker. Uh, it's just, the detail is stunning and every piece of their products, uh, is something that's made by hand in New York by somebody. So um, that would be one example of furniture makers. I mean, the furniture making happening right now with wood and metal is just extraordinary. Um, There is a Danish furniture maker named Valentin Lohmann who is, again, just the the pieces are, every single detail, it's hand-carved. It's smoked. It's treated. It sits in a space to to acclimate to the humidity for a year before he even sells these pieces. So, I think when I when I think about inspiration, I think about those individual artists and designers who are sort of going back to. You know, sort of staying true to their vision because you you have to imagine that the audience or the purchasing pool is quite low for these pieces, yet they stay true to their to their love and their craft. And um, to me, that's really inspirational. And just f- obviously, I'm very, stimulated by the visual, and to to look at these pieces, it's it's very inspiring. And sometimes while we might not be able to find a client whose budget can accommodate such pieces, for us they can act as a visual inspiration or um, springboard for a design.
2: So what do you like to do in your downtime? Are there blogs or design websites that you check out or do you like to travel or do something completely different
0: (laughs) there's not a lot of downtime and I have a 10 and a 12 year old so they definitely um have most of my attention in any downtime but yes we love we love to travel as a family I love to travel travel's part of uh this job sometimes I take my daughter on um buying trips or uh, last year, she she carried bags with me through the Architectural Digest show in New York. So, mm-hmm. kind of pull them in when I can. But a lot a lot of my uh, spare time is spent at basketball games. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have your cheer perfected? Oh gosh, no. I st- <laughs> Are you allowed to cheer? I, st- <laughs> I used to dab, and my son has announced that if I ever dab again, he won't speak to me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be my my cheer, but apparently the the moment of the dab has passed.
1: Yeah, I was. I had taken. Now it's a,
0: the floss, right? There is the
1: floss. That's a little harder. <laughs> yeah, I I took my daughter to the dentist the other week and one of the the employees there admired my tennis shoes my new balances and she was like where did you get those shoes and I I said you know I think it was J. Crew at the time had released them it was probably three years ago that I purchased them and when she was leaving she was like your mom's hip and I was like yeah so I'm a cool mom not a regular mom And she's <laughs> like shut up <laughs> <laughs> and she's like what does hip even mean <laughs> <laughs> so there you go yeah, yeah no so great no dabbing allowed so, Amanda, do you have personally a dream project you'd like to work on?
0: That is an interesting question. Um I would say n- nothing in specific i I will again say what is what makes a dream project dreamy is when you have a client who um, again trusts your vision. And allows you to um, make suggestions that perhaps are outside of their comfort zone. But they trust in the overall uh, idea or approach. So I would say that always dream projects have to do with dreamy clients. But you don't have
1: like visions of designing a home in Michigan or... Maybe you've already done that. or
0: I I don't. Again, I think what is most fulfilling about our job is when we deliver something that alters people's experience of their space. I think that has happened a couple of times, and it is magic. It is... Again, when you talk about good days and bad days, that is a good day that lasts a long, long time. To see somebody who's been positively impacted in a way that—I I mean, we've we've had clients who have actually cried and come into their space and said, "This, you know, I just couldn't figure this out, and it feels totally different, and it's exactly." Uh, where I want to be so that to me is everything
2: and I'm just gonna plug your
0: social media here because I think you do a really good
2: job on Instagram of showing different parts of the process so like design the storefront everything like that so I know that's sort of been a recent transformation
0: but you're very kind. Um, we, social media is 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 a very important and necessary part of business and of this business. Uh, I really struggle with it, I have to say. Um, we do wanna reflect uh, that we have a store, that it's open to everyone. It's a retail store. It's a place for, for people to be inspired. It's a, a place for our clients to come. And then we do, and then we are in people's homes a lot, and so trying to capture in process moments, um, we've tried to, to to attend to that a little bit more. So, if it's if that's working, that's great.
2: Yeah, it's great. So we've come to the point, Amanda, where we like to ask you if you could switch places with an Andersonville business or business owner for a day. Who would you pick? And you can have a few
0: if it's hard to narrow down. Well, so if I switch roles, do I actually assume the skill set of this person sure. as well? If you we would okay, like to. So yeah. I would like to be Brian at Vincent mm. and know how to make drinks and make everybody happy after work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be an excellent skill for
0: for you to have that'd be awesome I know I've always like dreamed of being able to make delicious cocktails and I just I stop it at like opening the beer <laughs> <laughs>
1: well thank you so much Amanda for being here and thank you for listening to always Andersonville the podcast for more information about Norcross and Scott please visit norcrossandscott.com show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org
0: Thank you so much.
2: Always Andersonville, the podcast, is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.